This is the Bloom Boss Podcast. My name is Alyssa Morton, former 9-to-5-er turned full-time event florist and serial multi-six-figure entrepreneur. Every day, I'm bringing you an inspiring conversation, quickie mindset episode, or lesson learned to help you take the leap of faith into building a floral-based business. Thanks for starting your day with me. Now, let's boss up. Are you an aspiring or new event floral entrepreneur struggling to find the information, trainings, and community you need to build your own joy-filled flower biz? Come join us in our Bloom Like a Boss Club, the exclusive community for event floral professionals. Each week, our members receive a new design and recipe along with monthly group trainings and bonuses for being part of the club. Visit the link in the show notes to learn more. We've got a very special guest on the podcast today. I am so excited to introduce Carissa Cruz to the Bloom Boss podcast. Carissa is the wedding industry maven and a marketing and conversion strategist. She works with overworked wedding professionals to increase their profitability and cut their workload in half using her endless engagement method so they can have long-term success without scrambling to get couples and getting lost in the weeds of running their business. We had such a great conversation today, so I'm excited to dive in and let you listen to it. We've got a very special guest on the podcast today. Carissa, welcome to the Bloom Boss Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a fun one because you've got so much experience in the wedding industry. You could talk on so many pieces, but we primarily serve florists. So I'm excited to hear your take on marketing and business growth because you've expanded your own DJ production, photo booth, photography business into multiple states. You build email funnels, you educate everybody about marketing. So this is going to be a really juicy conversation. Yes, I'm super excited. And as we, I was sharing ahead of time, uh, yes, I have a special place in my heart for florists because I worked uh, in a flower shop for a couple of years in, in my college days, which was a while ago. But I loved my experience there and it's helped me as I work with florists now today on their marketing and things like that. So super excited to chat with you and your community. I want to pick your brain because you mentioned that you grew your business so that you're in multiple states now. I know that so many of us have a difficult time releasing control and not to mention that, like just hiring team members. So what does that process look like for you as you're primarily working on sales and proposals and conversations so that you have your team fulfilling in multiple states? Yeah. So what is, what has been fun is, is uh, as I've created my business, I created it from scratch, like most, you know, most people probably um, listening here are. Uh, So each piece is like a building block. And what I did within my business was I made sure that I knew how to do everything within my business, because as the owner, it all does come back to you, right? It comes back on your shoulders. And so I felt like if I knew how to do something and I could then pass that off to somebody else because then I knew I could always pick it up, pick it up if I needed to, because I knew how to do it. Right. So I am one of those people that like to control a lot of situations and control like everything in my business as well. Um, and I know, you know, for florists too, like weddings are, and for any service provider, but weddings are like, um, a big thing and we want to make sure they're just perfect. And so, um, if I, so as I built everything, I just made sure that I could do things myself 
And then that allowed me to release that control um, of certain tasks and things that I didn't enjoy. So I did make sure that I choose some of the tasks and things that didn't give me as much energy and um, juice. So that way I also knew I was, um, you know, keeping those ones that, that would keep me fueled and, and keep that fire in me, but, you know, kind of releasing those ones that kind of, um, gave me, you know, that, uh, the agita. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just drained me. There's the word I'm looking for that would just drain me. So that is kind of what I would recommend is as long as you know that you can do every piece and you can pick up if need be, and you can also put in, you know, um, checkpoints too. So maybe, you know, if you are having somebody design some flowers or something that, um, because you need extra hands and, you know, those types of things, cause you are growing, maybe there's a checkoff process that somebody else has to check them before they go out the door. You know, you can add in kind of some double, triple checks just to make yourself, um, feel better. And then as you build that, uh, rapport and you build that, up, you can then maybe remove some of those as, as you have those people that, you know, become your right hand and your left hand and, you know, all those types of things and you just trust them. And then you know that you can, um, so it's a building block. It's that, that's what I would say is how I did it. Um, and once I created it in one state, then I was able to replicate it in another state and, and then into a third state. So it's always the hardest when you're building it the first time. And then you've kind of got things that you learned along the way that you can then, um, you know, put, put things into place quicker. Makes sense. So do you have standard operating procedures that you've done and like copied for each person in charge of each location? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So I am one that likes to streamline a lot of things. Um, because in this day and age, uh, there's so many things I, I say, there's so much noise going on. So if I can streamline things as much as possible, that is my goal. And so, and I'm always, how can I do get this, you know, whatever task it is done the most efficient way, but still at the best of its ability. Like that's always a big thing mm -hmm. to me. I'm a kind of a perfectionist as well. So that's, that's also, and I know a lot of florists are, you know, we, we're, they're visual and we want them to be perfect. Yes. Right. So, um, so that's the other thing is, is if you can do, um, that, then you're able to, um, you know, just keep things, um, together. Does that make sense? I think it was, yeah, I think, I, think so. I kind of went off on a tangent there a little bit, but. So when you went to hire in different locations, what did that process look like? Because obviously like you're not driving from one state to the next state, especially if everybody called out sick that day. So what does that look like? Yep. So I implemented, um, so from the hiring process, what I did was um, I went to referrals first, to see if I had anybody in my network because, you know, referrals are always seem to be a little bit better. Um, and then I went to, um, a lot of times I would post on Facebook to kind of see, you know, jobs that you have open on Facebook. Um, it takes some vetting. It takes some, you know, you have to really find, um, weed through those people. Um, but there are some really good people. I've also used Indeed, um, which is really share, you know, gotten us some really great people as well. So there's some resources there that you can use. Um, but really what you need to do is, is, um, zoom, you know, get on phone call with them, you know, video chat, get, you want to find people that have that same vibe that with that vibes with you and your business, right? Because depending on their role, they're going to maybe be out, you know, in front of the community with, you know, your, your couples and, um, all of that kind of stuff. So really making sure that vibe is there. And then 
also making sure um, that you stair step them into the business. So um, you're not going to just go, hey, you know, here's a wedding, go do it, right? Like, so like we would do like some job shadowing, we would do um, um, have them like as a like a second shooter, even if like in um, my instance of my business, you know, as a second shooter type thing. And so they kind of job shadowed, but um, they didn't really have a second shooter. So you, they could be their job shadowing you, working with you, you know, if, you know, if, if it's creating the flowers, whatever it is. And then that way they're learning, they can ask questions. You can see kind of what questions they're asking. Are they good questions? Are they, you having to tell them things multiple times? And that's where, um, that would be one thing I would say as a business owner is, is making sure that you're always listening and picking up on those key points of what are people saying? What are people asking? you know, and that will help you guide, you know, that will help guide you, um, to each next step and stage. So that's the other thing that I would say that I've really, um, honed in on and, and has really helped me in my business was just listening, listening to my couples, listening to my, um, employees, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And if you could do that, that will definitely take you further and check in with yourself and just make sure that, you know, all of that's good. Okay. So for everybody listening, they want to make sure that they have a streamlined process before they want to start expanding. So part of that streamlined process is obviously like the marketing and sales aspect because you need leads coming into the business. Otherwise, you're not going to have any events to do. So I'm curious what your marketing strategy looks like, what you recommend, what you teach, and what you recommend for our florists like in particular so that they're really getting a nice funnel of leads coming in. Yeah. So definitely there is... So one of the things I've been teaching this year is that the way things used to work for marketing don't seem to work like that anymore. So, and the reason I say that is, is it used to be, you know, people could kind of pop up into the industry and kind of make a name for themselves, you know, make a decent living or a good side hustle, that kind of thing. Um, but with the, and this is one thing I always say too, is, is as um, wedding pros, florists, we get older and our couples get younger, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to adapt to what they are wanting. What, you know, how do they want to be sold to? How do they want to like all of that? And the, the strategies and tactics that were used no longer work. And so that's why I think a lot of people are struggling right now is, is because they're trying to sell like they used to, and it just doesn't work that way anymore. And so that's where, um, kind of, yeah, I'm on a mission to kind of help and, and, and teach the new way um, on marketing their business. And a lot of times what that involves, and especially for florists, is um, funnels, marketing funnels. And the nice thing for a lot of florists also, you know, you have your, your, your shop too, right? Where you have, you're doing, you know, birthdays, funerals, you know, you have all of these other events that you're, you're managing a lot of times, um, where a lot of the other wedding vendors, they're just doing weddings, right? So you are, you're juggling a lot more things. And so that's where marketing funnels can really help, help florists because a lot of it's automated and we can set it up ahead of time. So there's a lot less, you know, follow-up that they have to do. Um, but the biggest thing is, um, as, in the new age of marketing is nurture selling. That's kind of what, how I've coined it now. 
Um, another way I've coined it is, is new leads need love. And they, these couples just need a lot more, um, a lot more love, a lot more nurturing before they're going to throw their money and book their, book their date with you. That's really what I've seen. And that's where kind of marketing funnels work. Um, they also, a lot of times are leery to give their contact information because they think they're just going to be sold to like, and they're just going to be calling them all the time, all of that kind of stuff. And so there's, um, a marketing strategy with a lead magnet, it's called, where you can give them some type of value where they'll then give their email address. So it's something they can't necessarily Google, something you can't easily find online, but some type of information that they really want to know. And it's related to the services you offer. So it would be related around flowers, you know, that type of thing. And then that's a way to get leads in the door. And then we would nurture them with, um, so I call that my lead funnel. And then we would nurture them with what I call my bookings funnel. And so that would be like our follow-up emails and things like that. But a lot of this process is all automated. And so that's where, um, you know, we start to get, um, you know, it starts to go, oh my gosh, this sounds like a lot of work for me, but it's actually not. It's once we set it up, um, then it, it kind of goes on autopilot. Yes, there's tweaks we want to make, you know, things we want to check in on, but for the most part, it will kind of run, run like your marketing machine is what I say. Okay. So what do you recommend for a lead magnet, especially for florists? A lot of them actually are just events only where they're working out of their homes sometimes or a home-based studio. So they don't typically do like birthday arrangements or Mm -hmm. so like this is their only stream of income. Like what do you recommend that they're, you know, they're doing or they're advertising so that people can opt in for it? Yeah. So when you have a lead magnet, there's, I, I like to say, put it wherever you can. So you're going to put it on your website. You're going to do social media posts with it. If you do a blog, you can put it on your blog. You can share it with um, some of your other vendors in the area that they can then share that with their community um, and their audience because they're giving value then. So a lot of times they like to share those types of things because they're always looking for ways to share additional value and tips. And so if you can kind of connect um, with other vendors in the area outside of the services you provide, right? Um, and get them to kind of share um, those, uh, your lead magnet, that's another way to kind of just extend that. Um, you can you can do ads to it, um, Google ads, Facebook ads, those types of things. You can also do that if, if you're looking um, from the paid side, but organically it works really well too. Um, sometimes there's Facebook groups in certain areas that you're able to, um, you know, share your information in. And so instead of, you know, just sharing, Hey, I'm a florist, you know, let's chat about your wedding. You can actually share that with them, your lead magnet, whatever that is. And you'll get more people interested because you're giving them something of value versus just saying, Hey, come work with me, come book your wedding with me. And so that's, that's a lot of what I've seen is, is these, um, current, couples um, don't like to be pushed. They don't like to be, they like to make decisions on their own own terms. And so we want to make sure um, our follow-ups and things like that are, are not pushy, are not um, kind of cold. They like to build that connection first before they kind of, before they make a move um, to book somebody for their wedding. That's really what I've, that's really kind of what I've seen now. And Um, they don't. And the other thing is, is they want to communicate. However, they, I like to always share this 
tidbit too. However they communicated with you initially is their top form of communication. So keep that in mind as when you are um, selling and when you are, um, you know, chatting. Um, if they, you know, emailed you, you'll, the best probably response for them is through email. So that's how, if they called you, then they wanted to chat with you, right? If they texted, they wanted to text. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, you can take it off that platform, but build that connection on that platform first. So okay. just kind of, um, that's always just a tip that I share, because if we try to, if they come in and um, say they DM'd you um, from your Instagram, something or other, and then you're like, hey, you know, can we chat or whatever? You're probably going to get ghosted because they're going to feel out of their comfort zone and they're going to go, ah, I don't know yet. Like, and they're yeah. going the other way. Right. So that's always just something I like to share um, as kind of a side tip as you're, as you are trying to follow up with these leads and that kind of thing. So for everybody listening, like what are some recommendations or some like examples of lead funnels that they can use like as their opt-in? Like, do you, is there something that works really well for other vendors that can give them some ideas of like things that they can create? Yeah. So what I usually um, like to do is when we're creating a lead magnet is what are like the top five questions you get asked by brides, couples as they come to you? Um, that will help you figure out the best lead magnet for your business. What a couple of them are, though, that I've seen for florists is one thing they're always kind of concerned about is, you know, what type of flowers are, you know, should they do for their wedding? Like, and it should it be specific to um, the time of year? Can they be, you know, can I get flowers that aren't the time of year? It might be something along those lines. So, um, and maybe another one would be, you know, like, you know, how many different colors can I have in my flowers? You know what I mean? Because you might have somebody that has, you know, wants to do, a, you know, a gajillion colors and you're like, whoa, 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 like that doesn't, you know, that's not going to work from an aesthetic standpoint or whatever that is, is, you know, so you might be able to give, a, have some type of guide, a lead magnet on like the number of flowers or number of colors to incorporate in your, in your um, flowers, that type of thing. So, um, Anything that relates back to like the specific service you provide, but I would say those main questions that you get and like you're always asked, that will be like a winner for your lead magnet because it's going to be, because um, everybody has that same question. But if we can put a spin on it or have fun with it um, so that they think that they can't just get this information online, that's really what we want to do as well. Okay. And so, so oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you're, I was just going to say, and so what the fun thing is with florists too, is, is you can within yours, um, you could try to weave in some of the bouquets and things and different, um, aspects that you've done with your wedding, um, or with your weddings. And one other thing I just thought of that would make for probably a really good lead magnet is, uh, how to repurpose your fresh flowers, your flower arrangements from like your ceremony or repurpose them throughout the day. That would probably be actually, as I'm just thinking, my marketing brain goes, that would be a really great one because they're always wondering how can I, you know, get the most out of, you know, my investment on these flowers. And so that would probably be really cool. And you could then, you know, show maybe a couple different, you know, types on how it went from here to here to here in this wedding or whatever. Okay. So for the luxury market, what would that look like? Because maybe they're working with planners and they're not actually dealing with the florist. So is there 
something that you recommend like if they're trying to branch into that kind of sector? So as far as the like other vendors and things like that referring business to you, that would not necessarily be like a lead magnet. Um, that's going to be more direct to the couple. For those, I really just recommend um, nurturing that connection with those other vendors. Um, you can, one strategy I, I, I love is kind of um, connecting on you know Instagram, you know, liking some of their posts. Um, if you, you've had any connections with them, you could tag them, you know, in some posts, because a lot of times that will get you um, noticed because they're going to be like, and you don't want to like go through and like all their posts, right? But you're yeah. going to just do a little bit. Um, and that's going to kind of get you noticed. And a lot of times, um, if you tag somebody, um, they're going to feel like, oh, I should reciprocate. Like, because you know, if you ever get tagged, that's kind of like, oh, well, I should reciprocate, right? You feel like you should return the, mm -hmm. the gesture. So it's building those connections authentically. And the other thing you can do is as you um, build those, um, and it's it's a little bit of a longer term strategy, but you'll find the people that really connect with you and you'll start to kind of be able to refer business back and forth. And, but so that's really what I recommend for um, as far as the, kind of the vendor strategy goes would be from okay. that angle. Awesome. So let's talk funnels. What exactly are we going to be including in our lead funnel versus our, our love funnel? Like the, mm -hmm. what's the difference between them? What are like, how many emails should be in both? Like, let's get down to specifics. Yep. So I, when I teach my, I have actually a, a course called couples to closing it's all about building your funnels and I help you build out your funnels. And so within that I teach, there's really three funnels for your business. There's the lead funnel, the bookings funnel, and then the get referred funnel. So those are the three, the lead funnel is going to be your lead magnet. So it's your lead generation tool and it, we're going to build your lead magnet out. So it's that guide or, um, whatever it is that you've created. Um, and then we're going to, um, send them the email with whatever it is that they've opted in for. So that's, that's kind of the full lead, lead generation funnel. It sounds like, um, it sounds super like, as I said, it sounds probably sounds like, Oh, that's super easy. But we got, if we have to really nail that lead magnet, um, in order to get those leads in the door. And so we, we go through trying to really figure out what is going to draw your ideal client in. And then we have an opt-in page because we have to have them opt into it. And then we have like the thank you page. So there's a few things behind scenes that go along with it, um, but we build all of that out. Then from there, we end up um, do going, they go into your bookings funnel. So this is where we're doing our nurture selling. This is where we are warming them up, sharing more about you, giving more value, um, showcasing your expertise, that type of thing. Um, and from there, then we're, we have like a couple emails that kind of nurture them. And then we go into kind of about getting on your calendar, you know, booking a call because now they've kind of learned a little bit more about you at that point. There's, um, and then from there, once they, the idea is, is they get in touch with you, then they book you and then they would go into your get referred funnel and your get referred funnel is like your client journey. So a lot of times what happens is, is we end up ghosting our clients once they become a um, a booked wedding, right? A lot True. of times we're like, okay, and we just move back to the you know our leads. So your client journey one is a lot of 
a lot of it's optimized. And so what we really try to do for that is, um, or, or automated, I should say. So what we really try to do for that is, is figure out just some touch points throughout the process that you can send emails. Maybe you have questionnaires that help to gather information we can strategically so that they're feeling love all throughout their their process of before their wedding day as well. So that, and then the idea behind that is, is that they are going to rave about you because you were just, you know, awesome at every step of the way. And that will help get you referred by their family, friends, even strangers. You've probably seen people post in Facebook groups raving about their wedding teams after. Um, and so that's where, you know, they didn't have to do that. And they're just telling strangers, right, about you, that type of thing. So those are the three, but kind of to focus on the first two is that lead funnel and the bookings funnel. Um, and that bookings funnel is where what usually we do about um, between six to 10 emails for the most part. Um, what kind of determines that is how long it usually takes for somebody to book you. But the other thing I have seen that it is taking longer for people to um, book once they have reached out. It used to be they kind of just, you know, once they reached out, they made a decision pretty, pretty quickly within a couple weeks, maybe. And then, you know, we were able to move on. Now it seems to be taking longer, um, for people to actually book. Uh, and I, and so one of the strategies that I teach as well is, is so once they get done with that welcome sequence, if they haven't booked, then we want to put them into a monthly newsletter. And that monthly newsletter um, is actually, I say monthly, but I actually send it twice a month. So every other week. And within those, we're giving value. We're giving tips. We're not just like, hey, are you ready to book your wedding with me type thing? We're giving them. And so we're staying in front of them. Um, so that way you're going to be at the top of the list and they want to receive your emails because they're value related. You're, you know, you're not just you know, book my service type person. And so you're going to keep building that connection over time. And what's so great about this strategy is, is I have so many wedding pros that come back to me and book weddings that they thought they had lost, or they booked weddings that they didn't even know they were going to book because they stayed in, they stayed in, um, in their inbox. And so that's just something to keep in mind that there is like, um, that email marketing is so important and can help you convert more weddings without um, kind of without having to uh, hustle and, and struggle all the time. So there are some easy strategies we can implement because those leads that you're uh, really that you do get in the door are so valuable, especially this year, because I know there's a lot of people with this whole engagement gap and that type of thing that are feel like they're not going to get as many bookings. And so we want to make sure we maximize those leads as much as possible. I love this. So with our lead magnet, we're going to want to be putting it everywhere. We're probably going to want to put it on Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, in the emails, giving it to other planners or vendors. So I know that you have your content club. I want to hear a little bit more about like what's entailed with that so that they can use it for their email funnel and start building that, you know, yeah, start building. Definitely. It. Yeah. So, yep. So I have a, a wedding veneers content club where we drop, um, we have content drop day, we say on the 15th of each month. Um, our members get really excited about that. So we drop all your fresh new content every month into a portal and you get uh, social media posts with captions. We have the captions pre-written for you. They're all editable in Canva. So if you're, you love Canva, um, you will love, you know, all the content from that aspect. We do 
story templates. We give you Instagram reel or TikTok videos in Canva that you can um, tweak and download as well. Um, there is pin Pinterest um, templates in Canva. We do two email newsletters. So as I was talking about those email newsletters, you can actually join the club and just use those two email newsletters um, because they're value-based and they're on different topics. And you can then add in you know, your own story to the emails if you want. Um, we then weave in your services at the very end. So they're kind of Mad Lib style. Just, uh, um, they're pretty much pre-written except for the Mad Lib of like at the very end where you weave in your services. Um, but you can always add, tweak, change them however you want. Um, so I always recommend if you have a story that kind of flows with it, weave that in um, to just add a little bit more of that spice, you know, that your, your little um, vibe to it, but you don't have to. And then we do two blog posts a month as well. Um, and I think I mentioned everything, but the one thing is, is we actually do florist um, specific social media posts as well. So I wanted to mention that because I know um, the, a lot of times florists and, you know, don't get the love as much for you know, the industry and they like, and you guys all do like amazing stuff. And so florists is one of them that I've made sure to include in. Um, so, so you, yeah, so your community would love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know that we're going to have everything in the show notes for everybody so they can get access to it, but just share, you know, where else they can find you and, you know, anything else that they need to know. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Carissa Cruzy Weddings, um, or you can go to CarissaCruzyWeddings.com. And I will actually share with you and you can share this with your community. So um, I'll give you a link. I just created a how to rekindle a silent lead, um, a three sales closing email sequence, um, and they're templates and they're kind of like that Mad Lib style, like I mentioned. Um, and because I know that's something um, that we all deal with is ghosted and silent leads. And so um, I'm sharing, I've decided to share my, yeah, my sales sequence for that. And so that's free. Um, so I'll, I'll share that link with you too, that you can drop in your, in your podcast here. And that should help a lot of your florists as well. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, what you're again. welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Carissa. This has been so fun. And I'll make sure that I include all that in the show notes for everybody. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love, um, yeah, I love what you do and all of you florists out there, you guys are amazing. And I know, like I said, you guys don't get as much love, but, um, yeah, you guys, you guys bring the whole aesthetics together and all of that stuff for the whole day. So thank you for everything that you guys do. <laughs> thank you. You're right. Like every time, like people on Instagram, like they never tag us or anything. And it's just like, oh, I did all that work. <laughs> Yep. So I hear you. I hear you guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm here to here to help change that and give you guys as much support and love as possible. I hope today's episode inspired you on your floral preneur journey. Make sure to check out the show notes for a rundown of today's episode, along with the important links and resources we drop for you. If you enjoyed this and want a deeper dive into some of the topics we discussed here on the show, make sure to join us in our Bloom Like a Boss Club, and I'd be grateful to see that you shared this episode with a friend or on social media and left a review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if no one's told you today, I want to remind you that you can build a successful business while playing with flowers. Now let's get out there and boss up. 